You're listening to JSCN, radio for the Jewish small communities. And I'm your host, Ed Horwich, and this is JSCN, the podcast for Jewish small communities and anybody who's interested in Jewish topics and Jewish life. This episode, I want to bring you Latent Memories. It's an art project. Hava Erlinger works with Holocaust survivors and refugees and, well, a range of other people as well. She's created art herself and some of her work is on show in the Imperial War Museum North in Manchester and she works with many art projects in different ways. This one is a therapeutic art project. It helps people cope with their memories. Maybe they find it difficult to talk about those memories, but bringing them out through art, through non-verbal communication helps. I asked Hava to tell me all about it. Um, The point of the project is uh, to offer Holocaust survivors and refugees in the north of England the opportunity to um, record the life story and as well as have um, art sessions. We give therapeutic art sessions for individual as well as any home or club uh, which has at least one survivor or refugee where they can express themselves through the art and have good time and help improve their quality of life. So people are going to be engaged in some sort of activity. Why would they like to do it? Well, a lot of people um, find they've never spoke about the experience or they've never had the time to express themselves through the art. They can express themselves in a non-verbal way. So also if it's too difficult for them to talk about things, we can do that through drawing and once people start drawing or working with clay it's easier to start talking so it's a very safe non-confrontational way of talking about your past. So you're saying that people um, finding non-verbal ways of expressing themselves um, is that because they find it difficult to talk about their past the going through the holocaust and their family history? Well, very often people find it very difficult to talk about it because when somebody asks you to actually start and talk about it, they find it um, emotionally hard. But when you're working through a painting or through clay, you sometimes don't even realize that you're expressing your memories. And it's much easier when you take it. It's as if you're taking something which is in your head and you're not sure about it and you're making it visual. So once it's visual, you can talk about it. It's in front of you and it's easier to talk about it and to deal with it. And that usually starts a a process which is not always finished with ourselves. Sometimes they go on to um, other professionals um, such as psychologists or therapists to work with it or it gives them the opportunity to talk with other family members, with the grandchildren or with their children or relatives. They can show them what they're feeling and, and share it with them. Now, people have been living with these memories for a long time and maybe they've not expressed them. Uh, Why would they feel a need to express them now? Well, um, very often people which have all their life been very busy with life. So from the war or from whenever they arrived in England, they were busy rebuilding their lives, concentrating on work and their children. Now they're retired, they have time to reflect and now the memories are starting Um, to sort of surface and very often the enormity of the trauma is only coming out now in older age and then they feel the need to talk about it or to put it to rest so sometimes it's about putting it I always say it's as if you're putting them in folders when you're drawing them and you're taking them out you put them into a folder and then you can deal with them and, and show them to other people. And what's the benefit that they get out of it? Well it's 
working with art to express emotion has been shown for, for years. It's not a new um, concept that I've created. Um, it helps people to, ex I would say it's as if you look at your hands as an extension of your brains. So you're taking your emotion, you're channeling them through your hands and you're putting them into a file, into a paper. It becomes visual and then you can deal with them better. It's taking it out from your head and putting it on something. It becomes more real. All right. So just talking about the things that people do, can you give me some examples of, of what people have done in these sessions? Yes, I'll give you an example which I like to share because it's a very clear one. Um, we had a, a, a resident in a home which um, would not leave her room. Uh, I was called in to try and encourage her um, to see why she wouldn't leave her, her room and, you know, um, work together with the carers and the rest of the staff. And when I came in the room, she said, well, everybody here is like Nazis. I said, you know, I was a bit taken aback and said, what do you mean? She says, well, they tell me when to get up, when to go to sleep, what to eat, just like in the camps. So at that instant, I bought her a, a pottery plate and I gave her a pen and I said, let's draw your memories and let's see how is it the same. And she started, she closed her eyes and she started drawing herself in the camps. And as we were talking through, while she's drawing, she was talking through her experience. And in the end of the session, we concluded um, that, you know, let's see where have you come from, from the camps. You're not in the camps anymore. Let's see how positive your life has been. And um, she wrote around the plate, um, um, look where you are today, referring to the Germans, Nazis, and where I am, Ami Sral Chai. And we spend more time, obviously, talking about her emotions and then explain to the carers her fears about being controlled and the reflection it has to her past. And from that day on, just that actual experience has opened up a channel, you know, a new channel and gave her the opportunity to express to other people through the drawing, through the care stuff. And then they understood what she wants. And, um, you know, she started integrating and with, with the staff in the home. So it's just a fantastic experience to see how it works. Well, of course, people are involved with, with carers and other people who help them who probably are not so aware of their history as uh, perhaps the family is. Yes, that, that can be challenging for care staff. And sometimes, um, you know, if somebody, for example, the care staff might be from Poland and the accent will, will trigger memories. And when you come in as, um, as an artist to work with the survivors and refugees, you're not a care staff. You're not somebody they feel scared to talk to because there's no consequences. Sometimes they're scared to talk about the fears, the care stuff. And, you know, through while we're working with the art, we can go back and communicate those um, um, those worries or those needs to the care staff. So we sometimes act as an in-between agent, a safe place for people to talk and express themselves. Who can actually take part in the project? So any survivor or refugee um, living in the north of England. Now, this is no, we're not a religious organization. We don't belong, you know, you don't need to live in the Jewish community. You don't have to have any contact. It's just a criteria is you have been a survivor or a refugee. Um, any home um, or care uh, home uh, day center, uh, Jewish or non-Jewish in the north of England, which has at least one survivor or refugee service user can benefit from this. All right, so, so just clear up that point. If there's one person who's, who's a refugee, a Holocaust survivor, yeah. 
um, but the care home or wherever it is would like to create a project for a group so other people can join in yes. that group we do, yeah if i can just stress also we do not always work around memory some people just want to have a good time while you know just to have a good time and a, and, and a relaxing time for example i have um one a refugee which told me all her life she was been busy running and giving for her children and trying to confiscate com um give them what sorry <laughs> i lost the english word there give them what um she didn't have as a child she never had time for herself and now those art sessions are the only time um once a week she sits down and she does something just for herself and she just does pretty things she doesn't want to speak about the war and that's okay as well so the projects do not have to be about war and memories if people just want to have a good time we can do that as well you think that Holocaust survivors are probably quite an aging group of people and maybe not so many of them around. Is that the case? Well, um, surprisingly, um, there are more uh, survivors and refugees as than we realise. Um, according to the last um, uh, audit that I've seen, um, there were 5,000 refugees uh, registered and a lot of them, I think something like 2,000 of them are people we haven't heard of uh, before. And another interesting group which is surfacing is our group of survivors and refugees which were uh, small children when the war broke out. So we have sort of what we call the youngsters survivors, uh, which were one, two, three years old um, when the war broke out. And they're suddenly finding um, their voice and trying to reflect on their ex experience. So are, are those people who were quite young, I mean, a lot of them got put with families who weren't Jewish. Yes. Uh, is, is that a problem actually reaching those people because they're perhaps not connected to some of the channels? Well, a few people, yes, it is difficult. And another difficulty is that some of them are worried about people trying to convert them back to Judaism. And we'll stress again, this is not our role. We're not there to change anybody. Um, we're just there to provide a service. And after all, they have been through the war. They have been survivors. They have been refugees. They have the right um, to have a place to express themselves and benefit from this uh, service. Now, I guess, you know, you're with these people and they, they're telling all sorts of stories. You must have heard some quite interesting things. I've heard some, yeah, some fascinating stories. Interesting things for me is um, the way we always think about the war as the, you know, mass killing and stuff, which obviously leaves trauma. But what always takes me is the little things that people uh, remember. Um, so I've met a refugee, which she's like a survivor and a second generation because she was two years old when the war broke out. Uh, but then she was taken back. Her mother survived the war and she moved back from the hiding home to her parents' home. And her mother went through... Um, you know, as an adult through the war, so had was really traumatized by the war. And one of the stories what haunts her the whole time and she can't forget it about is that um, when the war ended and um, she had to be given back to her family from her adoptive hiding family in Holland, uh, the family uh, where she was hidden did not want to give her back. They had no children. And they wanted, um, you know, to keep her. And when her father wanted to take her back, they said, OK, we'll give you back. But um, he was a black market dealer and he wanted to sell her shoes and her dress. So they've taken off those red uh, patent shoes and a velvet blue dress and cut off her hair as well because they didn't want to give her back. They cut off her ringlets. And from all the stories, 
and all the things that haunt her. This is one of the things she keeps on talking about. She says, I've wanted those red shoes in my blue dress. And she's constantly talking about it. So, and you know, 70 years down the line, that's what she remembers and gets her really in tears. And I think it's very important to remember that to dehumanize people, it's not about the big things. It's about taking the basic needs away from people. It's food, clothing, uh, objects, um, you know, the right for freedom of movement, things like that, and that's what people remember. Amazing stories and a really wonderful project as well. If you're interested in seeing what that project looks like, seeing some of the people and the artwork, Go to Facebook and search for Latent Memories and you'll see pictures, photographs of the artwork and the people and the faces and the characters. Oh, <laughs> very interesting. And there's other projects dealing with memories. My Voice, a project which is creating books, writing down people's memories in their own words about their experience of the Holocaust as survivors, as refugees very touching project I've read a number of those stories we'll be doing a podcast on that soon as well next time very different memories memories of the Jewish community in Blackburn historian and writer Hilary Thomas came into the studio and told me all about that history I, I don't think there's any Jews left well no I know there's one or two Jews left in Blackburn but no community anymore so this really is uh, a vanished history Join me next time on JSCN Talk. I'm Ed Horwich and this has been the podcast for Jewish Small Communities, wherever you are. <laughs>